Welcome to episode 72 of Monday State of Mind. My name is Michael Mazel, and I'm the Director of Alumni and Recovery Support Services for the Harmony Foundation. Yes, we are in September, National Recovery Month. Oh, you guys, I think I might have said this on the first episode for September, but it's National Recovery Month every day, every second of my life. And I'm just happy that we get one month that really exudes recovery. So freaking good. And all of you all know the theme, if you listened to episode 71, what our theme is for September. And that my friends is acceptance with sobriety. That word acceptance can just kind of like stick a knife in you and twist it a little bit, kind of hurt sometimes, but acceptance with sobriety is huge. And we're going to talk about today with our guests, what that looks like and what it does for our state of minds when we can get into acceptance of sobriety, what that actually does for our lives, right? Instead of the opposite, which is digging our heels into the ground and not getting into acceptance. And you guys might've heard me, I had an S on guests, not just one, but two. And you guys, the guests that are back today You guys already know them. They've been here before. Their first episode is actually ranked number three out of all the episodes of Monday State of Mind, the most downloads, most listened to. And I'm guessing it's probably because A, it's a couple. One of them is in recovery. One is not. Both of them have a very honest approach to recovery, which is why I also think so many of you have really grown to love them because they're very honest. They don't sugarcoat it. We're not Willy Wonka. We don't sugarcoat on Monday State of Mind. So with that being said, like I always say, I don't introduce my guests. So I will let them go ahead and tell the world, who do I have back on Monday State of Mind? What's up? It's Robert again. Glad to be here. I'm a recovering alcoholic and addict. And I'm Leslie, his uh, wife, supporter, and thankfully not an addict or alcoholic, but have been around it pretty much my whole life. So let's just get into it. This is such a dynamic topic to talk about with a couple, especially when you have someone that's in recovery and someone that's not. And what does that do for you guys as a couple? What does it do for you, Leslie, not being in recovery and, and being with Robert? And Robert, what does it do for you just honestly, as a person in recovery, getting into that acceptance. And so I want to just ask you, Robert, you've got some time under your belt now. And when I just even say those words, getting into acceptance of sobriety, what does that mean to you? And what does that do for you? Like just thinking of acceptance of this way of life. Well, acceptance, this was an easy topic to volunteer for at first, because like acceptance is such a huge part of my recovery. Pre going in, like I didn't accept who I was. I didn't accept what I was doing. I didn't accept what I'd become. I didn't accept that there was the sun was shining. And now just being able to accept the fact that, yes, I am an alcoholic and I am a drug addict has opened the doors to just personal growth. Like acceptance and surrender almost mean the same thing to me, but just accepting the fact that I have to acknowledge what I am to change 
to become what I want to become has been huge. Yeah, I love that, right? It's like getting into that acceptance that it's like, this is my way of life. And it's a totally different way of life than how you used to live. And so I want to ask Leslie, when you look at Robert, you've known both sides of Robert, you've known him not in sobriety, and you've known him in sobriety. And so what does it look like for you, not only as his wife, but as a supporter, and as like somebody that lives with him, and you get to be around it every day? What does it look like for you for the acceptance piece of being like, okay, this is who my husband is. And this is how he is th- going to thrive in life, whether you love it or hate it, or you grieve the, the old Robert, whatever that looks like, because I'm sure there could be parts of that. But what does that look like for you to look at acceptance of sobriety in the house? Yeah, I think, you know, there's definitely two paths with that. And I get a lot of questions from our friends or people that are, you know, considering what sobriety might look like for them in their lives. Um, There's a lot of curiosity around the topic. And I think it's easy to get caught up in the mind games of what could have been or what what does that mean? Or what are people going to think? And for me, it's, there's so much positive I mean, of course, there's memories and things that I appreciate, but I think that there's so many positives to just embrace. And so for me, accepting it wasn't hard. I mean, I have been waiting for this moment for years, in all honesty. You know, he was suffering. I was suffering. It was really challenging. It saved us so much, I think, heartbreak. I think he's been so successful with his sobriety because he accepted that and when you aren't accepting of it, you're just spinning your wheels and trying to make excuses and trying to package it to look a certain way. And I think both of us are on the same page with just being open and honest and telling people, and I'm not ashamed of it and I'm not afraid of it. And I know there's a lot of other people out there suffering that are doing that same mind game of they know alcohol is not adding anything positive to their life, but they're terrified to let it go because our society, because of our friends, what does it mean? What does it mean for my identity? Will I still be fun? Can I still go to social thing? I mean, it just is a never ending mind game and it's freedom when you can just step into that and say like, it just doesn't need to be a part of our lives. Ah, you just freaking nailed it. When I hear you say freedom, when you get into that acceptance and it's true, it's so true. There's so much freedom that's associated with it. And so I just want to go ahead and peg Robert again for when you first got sober, you know, like, I'm like, you know, when you got sober, um, (laughs) did you ever have fear around accepting this way of life? And if you had fear or like even questioned, you know, even though you probably knew in your hearts of hearts that this is the way, how did that look for you? And if that was a part of you, how were you able to move through to be able to look at acceptance kind of like how Leslie just stated it? as freedom instead of, again, the mind games and like digging your heels in. Can you speak to any of that? Yeah, the mind games, like I I was just flat out scared, dude. And I didn't know who I was. Um, I knew I didn't feel good. My health was going in the wrong direction, both mentally and physically. I think I accepted the fact that I needed help was the conversation with my personal counselor, which got me seriously thinking. And then There was about 36 hours. I really was rigorously honest with myself, like they talk about in the program. 
And that's when I made the decision of, yes, I need help. And I think in those 36 hours, I just came to the conclusion that I didn't want to die. And I accepted the fact that I kind of dug myself a little, a little hole, if you will. And I wanted out and I just needed help. I just put my arm out as big of a blow as it was to my ego to ask for help. Like, I'm so grateful I did. Dude, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Like, that's huge. And so, Leslie, like, you brought up something that I wanted to, to talk about when you were talking earlier, right? Is that there's so much fear when you're with somebody, when you are the normal one, I call it all you guys normal that don't have a problem, even though you probably have other problems, but we won't go there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, you know, like when you are that person that that's not the addict or the alcoholic, and so you're living with Robert and you said you found freedom. So when people ask you, oh my God, is your life just totally changed? Getting into this acceptance piece, Leslie, has he just totally altered your life, right? Because so many people think that it's going to be this horrible, daunting thing. And so people don't want to accept it because they live in a lot of fear mm-hmm. of change. They live in a lot of fear of well, what's going to happen if I get into acceptance over this? Is this actually a good thing? Because sometimes we're so used to our people being a certain way. And if we get into acceptance of sobriety, are you going to lose a part of your identity as potentially being the caretaker, the enabler? And are you a part of that acceptance also going to invite you to do some changing as well? Because this person has to change. Yeah, there's a lot that came up for that. I mean, I I will just say for me, it had been such a long road to him getting help that it was a relief in all honesty. I remember like people reaching out to me and it's funny too, like people project their own perception onto me as to, oh, you know, how are you doing? That's got to be so hard having him gone and rehab. And even like we were at a party this last weekend and so many people came up to me and were like, Oh, that I was so proud of Robert. That had to be so hard for him to be at this party and not drinking. And I'm like, honestly, it's not like, that's not his trigger. That's never been his trigger. Like the social it's when he's alone with himself that are triggers for him. So that part is actually more challenging for me of like receiving everybody else's fears and thoughts and prejudgments. Versus for me, I was like, thank God he is safe. It was like vacation for me. And like, I know he's finally safe. He's getting the help from people that, you know, I used to try to help him all the time, but he wasn't in a place to hear any of it. And of course, I'm I'm not an expert in the field of helping people through recovery, but I knew he was where he needed to be. He was with people that could help him and he was safe. And it honestly was reprieve for me to not have to worry about him and and try to fix his problems. That's something that I've learned through his recovery is no matter what I said, how much I loved him, how much guilt I carried, none of that is going to make him sober. And that was freedom for me to realize that I can't fix that problem for him. Dude, that's a whole other level of acceptance that we were going to get into. Seriously, keep talking, Leslie, about the fact for your level of acceptance that you as that outsider, like not the addict, alcoholic, accepting that like you have no control over Robert's sobriety. How does that play a whole part in how you feel about it? 
yeah, I'll say it again. For me, it was freedom to finally come to that realization because that is my nature. And I think that often happens with couples, right? If one is an addict and the other isn't, the one that isn't tends to be that nurturer, that caretaker, that, I mean, he couldn't deal with life. You know, he was too busy worrying about getting his next drink. And I didn't realize that at the time. But it's like he couldn't deal with anything. Everything was overwhelming and made him angry. And so I was just like, okay, here, let me do it. Let me take care of it. And him being sober, that was actually one of our very first fights was I had asked him to do something. He didn't do it right away. I got upset because in the past it it would have never gotten done. And he's like, I'm not that way anymore. I'll take care of it. You can trust me to take care of it, which was so eye-opening for me to realize, oh, okay, I also have to change my perception and give him a chance to be that person and grow as that person and accept that he's not the same guy either. So it is tricky in a relationship when you've had 10 years of, okay, he's busy getting drunk and doing his thing and I'm busy trying to take care of him and and all the responsibilities. And as happy as I am that he's sober now, it's also like, oh shit, like I have to take a step back too and and figure out what this looks like. Thank you for your honesty with that, Leslie. And so Robert, my man, let's move into like your state of mind. For you coming to this realization that sobriety is a way of life that you are choosing and accepting it. And I love that you also paired that word with surrender. What has that done for your state of mind? Like how you operate every day, how you treat Leslie, how you treat your friends, all the things now that you have really leaned into acceptance with sobriety, what has that done for you in a mental capacity? Wow. Uh, so much really. Cause like it started the whole acceptance thing starts with recovery for me, accepting that, yes, I needed help. I need to do this, but now like it's bled over into like my personal life with accepting people, places, and things, the weather. And if I don't accept it, like I've noticed that, or if I, there's some sort of um, expectation I put in there, I've now been able to like identify. And that's one reason, like, I don't like the situation or I'm arguing with reality is what I like to say. But it seems like once I just accept that, like, whatever, like it's going to be smoky today and or whatever, dude, like, it's just an easier way of life, man. Like, I don't have to take everything so personal like I used to from like people cut me off to whatever, her not making me dinner or something. But not everything is personal in life. And once I've acknowledged that and accepted that, it's just it's just an easier way to live. dude easier softer way i'm like hashtag easier softer way homie i mean the personal life stuff like that's a work in progress but i feel like once i fully accepted the fact that yes i have a problem with substances and my desire to escape reality um that's where a change in my recovery really started and traction really took off at that point on that full acceptance yeah that reminds me of we used to have this conversation all the time when he was drinking, where he would always say, and he was so angry about it. Like everybody's just wearing masks. Everybody's pretending like, sure. Do we all kind of alter how we show up based on who we're around to an extent? Of course, like professional versus personal, but he was just like so angry about this idea that everybody has a mask on and they're not being true themselves. And once he got sober, like the light bulb went off and it's like, 
it was him. He's the one wearing the mask. Mm -hmm. He's the one that can't show up and be himself. He's the one that's fighting the battle for what? Like nothing, everything was a battle, everything. And I was just like, dude, I, I just don't get it. I don't see it. Like, sure, maybe this friend shows up late, but we know that about that friend. So that's not the friend you called to go with you if you need to be somewhere on time. Accept them for who they are. And he just could not do that. And then with sobriety, it was like, ah, light bulb, you know, for both of us, really. Thank you for sharing that, that little like tidbit into like your relationship. And, but it's so true. Accepting it's not everybody else that needs to change. It, it's me that needs to like take the mask off mm-hmm. and to stop the pretending. Oh, dude, this is deep. I'm like, we're getting like Mary Trench style deep here. Leslie, I want to ask you too, like as far as your acceptance, kind of like we were just talking about with Robert, with his state of mind, you've already mentioned the word freedom, like what it's done for you. Is there anything else, you know, for you getting into acceptance with his sobriety, that this is the dynamic now in your house and your relationship? Is there anything else that it's just done for you mentally that has really allowed you to live a better life together? Yeah, in a lot, in a lot of ways that shows up. And I think just thankfully I didn't resist his recovery. I don't think every couple sadly is in that boat. I think there can be a lot of old resentment and, you know, your life does change. He's done great. I'm really proud of him for doing this of, you know, he attends three meetings a week and has since, you know, the entire year so far of his recovery. And he doesn't make excuses to not attend. And I'm really proud of him, but that, you know, isn't, it alters our life together of that's a priority and it's a priority for him. And it's also a priority for me. But I think for a couple that maybe isn't in that place of acceptance and that ability to just support whatever that recovery plan looks like, you know, does everybody need to attend three meetings? No, maybe some need seven meetings a week. It's just really accepting that this person is doing what they need to do and trusting that, you know, and trust is hard when you've been in a relationship where somebody's abusing alcohol and and drugs. I mean, the lies are just, I still learn about things that he was lying to me about, you know, and it's, just, <laughs> you know, that part of that was, I think I just didn't want to see it. And part of it was like, I'm not an addict. So I don't, I don't think like that, you know, I don't prioritize my life around that stuff, but just kind of accepting that this is where we are and I'm not living in the past and I'm not living in the future. I'm just trying to live today and he's doing the same thing and just taking that day by day. And you know, my needs might change in the future. His needs might change in the future. But when you live in that place of acceptance, you can just have that honest conversation versus that kind of tit for tat. And it's just, that's just not a healthy environment for either of you. It's so true. Like, I love it. It is not a healthy environment. I would love it if you guys, you know, as we kind of wrap up talking about acceptance with sobriety for both of you, but I'll start with you, Robert. Like, again, if there was something that you could say to the alcoholic or the addict that's struggling to get into acceptance with their sobriety, what would you say to that person? Man, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think what I'd tell myself. (sighs) I don't know if anybody could have told me anything, man. Like I just came to the decision on my own. I had heard it so many times, like just try it, just be honest. And like, I just wasn't ready. But if I had to say something, dude, 
try it, man. You tried every else, everything else, as far as drugs and everything else, just try it. You know, you never know. Yeah. Oh, dude. And I freaking love that you're like, we can't make anybody. If there's one thing, you know, it's going to take what it takes. But I love that you said like, yeah, don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> right. Like I was, uh, you know, peer pressure works with drugs. Why can't it work with freaking uh, recovery? <laughs> just try it, man. You might like try it. <laughs> <laughs> yes robert freaking i'm like leslie and this is your husband um and like and leslie i want to finish up also by asking you what would you say to that wife or to that husband that loved one however people want to identify their loved one to be if they're struggling with getting into acceptance of their loved one that this is their way of life with sobriety and like this is part of their life what would you say to that person yeah. Well, first I'll, I'll say kind of to the point of what he was saying for the addicts out there, we had so many conversations about Robert decreasing his drinking. You know, we never were going to the sobriety conversation because it's so ingrained in us to drink and in our society. And he had so much fear around what will people think of me? I didn't even realize how much alcohol is attached to all of our identities. And if you don't think it is, you are kidding yourself. It is everywhere and in everything, commercials, celebrations. You had a stressful day. You got a promotion. Like alcohol is a part. It is woven through everything. And so it is scary to think what will life look like without it? And he's right. You know, you have to get to the point of when you're ready. And people ask me that question all the time too. Like, what do you think it was for him? Like everybody wants that aha moment for change, whether it's getting sober, whether, you know, it's weight loss, whether it's just improving your life, our society, for whatever reason, we've been trained, like you have your aha moment. And that's when you get your shit together and your life just like turns into, you know, Oprah Winfrey life. And it, that's not the reality for his sobriety. It was a lot of different things kind of coming together. And yes, he had a very powerful conversation with his therapist that woke his ass up. But it wasn't just that. And so I think just being open, like you said, trying, trying it, there's so much good that comes from it. It's so hard when you're on that side of the fence to believe it. But I mean, it's just, I never in a million years thought just taking alcohol out of our lives would improve so much, not just him, but us, our relationship, our outlook on life, like so much positive from it. And for the people that are on the sidelines trying to love and support somebody through this battle, it is tough. And I still don't know what the answer is. I mean, I tried everything to quote unquote, like I said, fix him. I mean, I was reading books. I was going to send him to this facility in California that looks at like blood flow of the brain, which now I look back and it's so comical, like just get rid of the fucking booze. Like, <laughs> you don't need to fly to California and get like an MRI and all this shit we were looking at, but I was just so desperate to like fix it for him. And so I think the really only words of advice I have are you can't fix it. All you can do is try your best to love and support them and just try to hold your boundaries to keep your sanity so that when they do get sober, you still have a relationship. Guys, there you have it. Like Robert and Leslie coming back 
with so much knowledge and wisdom from being, you know, together for so long. I can't thank you enough for choosing to show up and just be that voice for the voiceless and that voice for people that that need to hear what you guys are so willing to share because I'll tell you, a lot of couples are not willing to share and talk about these things because, you know, the addict like me and Robert, the alcoholic will end up being like, I can't believe you freaking said that, Leslie. And then like, Leslie, will be like, I can't believe you freaking said that. And the fact that you guys can like sit here together and support each other through how you feel, that's freaking recovery on both sides. And like, I just can't thank you two enough, you guys. You guys thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you. It was fun as always. I have to tell the audience. This is not the last time you'll you'll hear from Robert and Leslie. And I'm not going to tell you when you're going to hear from them again because it's just going to be that good. So you just hold on to your panties, okay? Because we have got another episode coming in hot with Robert and Leslie. <sighs> with that being said, if you could only see Chrissy's face that I said, hold on to your <laughs> panties. Hey, we can say whatever we want, right? Okay, I'm going to go ahead and end this episode by reminding you that if you or someone you know is struggling with addiction, please call the Harmony Foundation at 866-686-7867. Recovery is a journey and Harmony gives you the map. All right, we'll see you next week.